When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Monday, March 12th. I'm Chris Hurdy. Today, we're not just celebrating Women's History Month, but also our 100th episode. So thanks so much to all of our listeners for your support along the way. In the episode, we're going to hear about the forgotten Black female inventor who revolutionized menstrual pads. And thank God for her. But first, the headlines. On Friday, America's global trading partners were outraged after President Trump slapped steep new tariffs on steel and aluminum, a move that spooked markets and sparked fears of a global trade war. Trump signed two proclamations at the White House, placing a 25 percent duty on steel imports and a 10 percent tariff on aluminum, which will come into effect in 15 days. A white North Carolina cop who beat, choked and tased a black man he suspected of jaywalking has resigned and is now facing assault charges. Officer Christopher Hickman was removed from patrol the day the incident occurred last August. And after Hickman officially stepped down on Thursday, a judge issued a warrant for his arrest on counts of assault by strangulation, assault inflicting serious injury, and communicating threats. And the UN human rights chief questioned the mental stability of Rodrigo Duterte on Friday, claiming the president of the Philippines needs a psychiatric examination after he placed a UN investigator on a list of communist terrorists. Duterte added 600 others to the list, including several leftist activists. Human Rights Watch labeled it a virtual government hit list. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. As mainstream textbooks and curriculums tell it, the greatest minds in science were almost all men, and more specifically, white men. Writer Zing Singh's new book, Forgotten Women, The Scientists, shows us that that's just plain wrong. There have been thousands of female inventors, scientists, and technologists. They just never got the recognition they deserved. Barred from most scientific establishments and academic institutions, these women transformed their bedrooms into laboratories and saved up for their own patents. In this episode, we're looking at the story of one of these forgotten women, named Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner. Here's Vice's Sophie Kazis speaking with Singh on the story. This year, you're coming out with not one, but two books in your Forgotten Women series. Can you tell us about this project? Yeah, sure. Um, So Forgotten Women is a book series that's coming out in the U.S. and the U.K. Each book kind of covers the forgotten histories of women in a certain industry or field. So Forgotten Women, the Scientists, is about women in science. And Forgotten Women, the Leaders, is about women in politics and leadership. Uh, And each book contains 48 profiles. They're all beautifully illustrated by a stable of amazing female illustrators that I was really lucky to work with on this. And the number 48 might sound random, but it's actually the number of women in total who have ever won the Nobel Prize in its 100 and I think... 16-year history now, which is pretty shocking. But for the purposes of the book, that's what we adopted to kind of say, hey, you know, these women were incredible, exceptional in their fields as well. They should be getting the same amount of recognition as, say, your average Nobel Prize winner. 
Congratulations on that. That's a big deal. Thank you so much. So for this episode of our podcast, we're going to focus in on one particular woman in your Forgotten Women series, and her name is Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner. Can you tell us a little bit about her and her childhood and who she was? So Mary's one of my favorites in The Scientists. Uh, she was kind of what you might call a self-taught inventor, like a tinkerer, I think um, is a really great way of describing it because she was constantly inventing from when she was a kid. So she grew up in Charlotte in North Carolina. Her father was a tinkerer as well. He tried to invent a kind of clothes presser that would fit into your suitcase and press your clothes while you traveled. You know, her grandfather invented a kind of light system for trains. Um, her sister invented a board game. And Mary Beatrice Davison kind of kind of, you know, had inventing in her blood, basically. And she was doing it from a really young age. She was coming up with sketches. She was making models as a kid. So, you know, at the kind of age where most kids would want to be playing with toy cars, you know, she was the one actually making things to go in cars, which I think is pretty incredible. Yeah. And in your article, you described a pretty interesting story about her father, where he he came close to being financially successful with one of his inventions, and then it it didn't end up working. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So her father was a preacher called Sidney Nathaniel Davidson. um, And, you know, he made a good go at trying to turn this kind of family hobby into a financed operation. So basically, he invented a clothes presser, which would fit into a kind of suitcase that a businessman could travel. And you could put a pair of trousers into the presser in the suitcase. And while you were en route to your next destination, your trousers would be pressed for you. So then you would open up a suitcase and you'd have a beautifully ironed pair of trousers. He was actually offered to $20,000, which is a huge sum in those days, around 1914, by a company to manufacture it. But then he chose to turn it down and try to do it himself. But unfortunately, he only made a single presser successfully, and he sold it for like $14. So, you know, in that sense, he wasn't really successful in it. But, you know, you have to admire that kind of entrepreneurial spirit where he was just kind of like, no, I don't want your money. I'm just going to do it myself. The whole family seems like they just loved the craft of tinkering and inventing, and that is very admirable. And then in 1924, the family moved to Washington, D.C., and there, Mary would spend time in the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, and she'd walk the halls and make sure that people hadn't patented the ideas she was having. And she was just 12 years old. It's a really incredible image. And I feel like this speaks a lot for a lot of the women in the scientists because, you know, women were not expected to be able to invent things. They were not expected to go into scientific careers or technological careers. But here you have people who are so passionate about it from a really early age, like Mary herself, that they are actually going out there into these institutions to try and see if anyone's come up with the ideas first. And, you know, like the kind of things that she wanted to invent, nobody had come up with these ideas. How long did it take for her to patent her first idea, and what was it? The family moved to D.C. in 1924, and she was already wandering the halls of the Patent and Trademark Office of D.C., trying to find out what other patents had been filed so she could like file her own. So Mary actually went to Howard University in 1931 after she graduated high school. But really, unfortunately, she couldn't afford the course fees. So she ended up dropping out and taking on kind of odd jobs like babysitting and so on before she became a full-time federal employee. And it took her about 30 or so years after she moved to D.C. for the first time to file her first ever patent because patents are actually 
very, very expensive um, because essentially you're asserting copyright over an idea for a certain amount of time. And, you know, even today, patents can cost several hundred dollars. So it took Mary a while to save up so she could file her first ever one. And it was a belt for sanitary napkins. You know, you might have read about sanitary belts, you know, in Judy Bloom's book, um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. She talks about a sanitary belt. If your mum is old enough, she might remember having to use a sanitary belt to hold a sanitary napkin in place. So this was way before the advent of stick-on maxi pads. And you had to use uh, a clip-on belt to hold cloth or rags in place that would soak up your period. So what Mary did was she invented a belt that could hold that cloth in place. So Mary saved up all her money to buy this patent for a brilliant idea, I may add. But nothing came of it. What happened? Yeah, so and this is the really heartbreaking bit of the story. So one day, Mary was contacted by a company who said they wanted to market her idea. And she was ecstatic. You know, she kind of had this vision of cars, money, houses coming her way. But unfortunately, when a company rep came to her house in D.C. to meet with her, they then realized that she was African-American. And she goes on to say, Mary goes on to say, that when they found out I was black, their interest dropped. The representative went back to New York and informed me the company was no longer interested. That is the heartbreaking part of this story. And it's amazing that that happened to Mary. And somehow she continued to invent things her entire life and continued actually to patent four more inventions. But just from how you describe her, she just seemed like an incredibly persistent woman, even though she never ended up seeing large success. What are some of the other inventions that Mary created? So among the other things she invented, so her sister Mildred, who was also an inventor, she invented a board game. Um, She had multiple sclerosis and she had to walk around with a walking frame. So Mary patented a kind of serving tray that could sit on the walking frame along with a little like cloth pocket so that her sister could put things with her and she could remain mobile and things could remain accessible and within reach. So that was one of the other patents. And another one was a toilet tissue holder. So she'd invented something where you could put the toilet row in and make sure that the end of the new row would always be within reach. So it had a way of clamping on to make sure that you could always grab the end of the toilet row so you could use it. So Mary passed away in 2006. But what is so incredible about her is that still to this day, she filed more patents than any other African-American woman in all of history. And it's been 12 years since she died. Can you talk a little bit about how that can be? I mean, it's amazing, but it's also been a long time and still no one has surpassed that number. What's this all about? So I think we have to look at how race and also financial pressures intersect. So, you know, Mary's own life is kind of a testament to how she battled the odds of not having the money to go to Howard University and not having the money to file all the patents that she wanted to file. But also the fact that her identity meant that people weren't willing to give her support, you know, like the company that initially wanted to help her market the sanitary belt, but pulled out immediately after realizing that she was black. So I think what that really speaks to is that she did an incredible job of trying to overcome these odds, but these odds are still existing in the United States. I can kind of see that historical legacy in the number of people who go on to take STEM subjects. You know, you hear all these stories 
about how people from certain ethnic minorities are underrepresented in science and technology and engineering. And I think that's something that is borne out by Mary's own experience, because here was someone who could have been the greatest inventor in American history. You know, she was doing it all by herself. But because of her race, because of the financial pressure she was under, she didn't have access to the resources that she needed. But, you know, the good and hopeful part of the story is that women like Mary just don't give up. You know, you might throw everything you have at them, but they still continue to, they'll still continue to invent. They'll still continue to do what they love. I think those are really nice words to end on. And if you enjoyed this interview, there are 47 other amazing women in science to learn about in Zing's new book. Thanks so much, Zing. Thank you so much for having me. To read Zing's full article, go to broadly.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.